Hey everyone, I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Scotty Business, and today we're here again with Jeff Kardakis from Uptrend. He's CEO and founder, and um, let's just let's just dive in. First, I just wanted to talk about what's changed in Uptrend over the past six months, aside from you guys growing at a ridiculous, awesome rate. And I mean, that's been my, my favorite part of it is the growth in the community and the engagement, and just how you start seeing more and more and more of the same people, and that's just like really proliferating. Um, one of the big things that I think happened really recently that I was super excited about, like again, like it's all in the community base, but there's a big meetup that happened in Nigeria, in Lagos, that just got put on by the community. There were like 93 oh, okay. people showed up. It was like this massive event. It, just, it was the coolest thing to me, like to just feel and see how this like just vision that's totally grassroots that just can like those little pockets that pop up. Um, there's yeah. a book, Sapiens, just like and they completely community run too. Yeah, exactly. And so there's this book called Sapiens, and they talk about how ideas are like a virus. And uh, I mean, I I think of that in like a positive context, so they can just like spread. And I'm like, that's so cool that it's like, you know, this like proliferation of this like positive virus has just like kind of blossomed in Nigeria. So that was was probably one of the coolest things um, of the recent time that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. And uh, like, what's what like in terms of like the actual like infrastructure and, and the site like what are some of the major things that you guys have kind of uh like gone like and like progressed with and like some major hurdles that you've kind of covered and different things that you've come out with in the last like six months or or kind of like a little quick overview of 2019 so to speak i mean there's a lot so from whatever you can just kind of maybe more recently or or what have you yeah, yeah. A lot of the things are the things that happen behind the curtain, you know, that you wouldn't expect, like just uh, like caching layers, making the site a little bit faster, um, little idiosyncrasies about how the mechanics in the back end work and just getting really tight on that. A lot of it actually had to do with, um, like, I guess you could say, like the moderator panel and just being able to like navigate that effectively and efficiently. Because, um, you know, you can just like put out the front end and that's really easy. But then, you know, people start abusing the system. I think that's the biggest thing is we just found ways that like, you know, people try to abuse it and they're like, okay, here's how to counteract that. Um, you know, because you have so many people creating duplicate accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. and they're not even earning anything. So it's like, okay, well, now if you make a website that pays people to earn, um, how they're really going to be inundating you. So you've been just trying to get mm-hmm. like, okay, really foundational on, okay, how do we set strong foundations so that we can scale this concept so that it's really fair for everybody? Because, you know, if someone's just earning a ton of points for creating duplicate accounts and referral links, then... Yeah, it's not really fair to everybody else. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. That was kind of one of the major downfalls of Waku, which was like a, an alternative an alternative to Steam because uh, unlike Steam where they lend out the Steam, Waku would just give anyone who signed up 100 Waku. So right. then everyone just started like making duplicates, putting it all into one account, selling it to new people who wanted to buy Waku at a yeah. lower price than what Waku was selling at and it just kind of like destroyed the system and and now like all the Waku that I accrued over the entire time that I was there is worth like maybe like a dollar or less but it was like 15,000 and I spent a ton of money acquiring it too so it was just yeah it's, it's it was an awful situation and and yeah that's definitely something that's like really important to tackle early on yeah and hats off to you for trying all these different platforms <laughs> and biting the bullet. I know there was one you said it cost like a hundred dollars to verify on or something like that like that's nuts, yeah, yeah, saw me, but I mean i I think if they can like fix that or something like it looks like it's it could be promising, but 
I don't know. I mean, essentially what they're saying is like, I'm actually going to do an interview with him next week. So maybe I'll get some clarity. But um, like they talked about how, yes, well, eventually we'll allow you to buy it with our crypto. So like that'll solve the issue. But I'm still like, right. but you still have to like earn a ridiculous amount and then to be able to even withdraw <laughs> your funds. My main yeah. issue originally was just that if I put money in, I can't even get it back. So like, yeah. that's really concerning to me. And it's kind of the same with DLive. Um, a little different, but very similar. Like with DLive, even if you put money in, uh, you can't take out money now. This is just a new restriction unless you've streamed for a certain amount. So as a user, you couldn't get your money back ever unless you were a creator. So because they made their, their rules synonymous with like earning DLive points versus like actually funding it and controlling your own funds. But Tron is acquiring it. I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to change anything because they're probably acquiring it because they like what's going on versus like radically trying to change it. But we'll see. Right. So we'll know, yeah, we'll know more in like five days. So, geez, Justin Sun building his little empire with Steam it as well within the last month. Really? Yeah, I don't like. I heard that like there was like rumors that he might try to acquire that. So who knows? I thought that was locked in. I thought that was locked in already. Really? Oh man, I'm I must be out of the loop. I I'll have to uh, look into that. Geez. Yeah, yeah. So if it's if it's true, which I think it is, it's Steam it and uh, yeah, D Live within within a month. So he's he's wow. really going hard. And I think you know wow. that you know it speaks to EOS and Voice coming out soon. How um, you know like there's a big movement right now happening in that decentralized ecosystem, especially social media and media. You know, especially with what happened with the YouTube content creators. Um, yeah. So I think everyone's just the focus is there right now, and uh, people are really talking about. It. Even you've seen like tweets from CZ, from Vitalik, from uh, Jared Tate of Digibyte. They're all like, "We need something," and it, I just find it so funny. It's like every there's so many things already there. You know, whether it's Uptrend or one of the other fifty platforms, who the who cares? But it's just like we just need to start supporting these platforms and just stop being like, "We need something." And there's always this chicken and the egg problem. I think is what gets highlighted. I've yeah. like he's like, you know, we just need distribution. Like. We don't want to leave YouTube, the centralized platform, and go to these other ones because there's not as much eyeballs there. It's like, well, man, if you just took one second, and you're fantastic at this, to cross-post against across all the different platforms, well, you've just totally helped the ecosystem grow, and it's literally no sweat off your back. It takes an extra three seconds. So I find it just yeah. very interesting, this dichotomy of these you know, big influencers who hold a lot of weight in being able to like make this shift happen, but then they mm -hmm. don't take an extra 30 seconds to like really support that thing that they're kind of crying out for. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, I don't know if it's virtue signaling or if they just haven't really taken the time, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, no, I, it, it's, it, it sucks when it's like, it's so easy and they'd probably do really well on these platforms. So it's like, there's only benefit for them to, to check these platforms out. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. And like the earlier you get in on these platforms, the more established you become like, you know, steam it, everyone who got in early there, super established you're super established on mines because you were early there uptrend as well and so it's like there's just so many benefits to just spending that little bit of time but i understand people they're like no this is my bread and butter like i don't want to don't want to spread the butter too thin so uh, yeah and then, and, then you, and then youtube comes and takes all the butter right so that's right yeah <laughs> then you're on a 40-day vision quest fasting <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. All right. So what are what are some of the big things that we should be on the lookout for 2020 for uptrend? Okay, so I'll say two that a lot of people already know about and then one that nobody knows about yet, except for the okay. uh, internal team. So first two that I'm really excited about are uh, 
investing in content is one. So let's say, you know, you make a post, you're new on the platform and I see it. I'm like, that is a badass post. I'm going to boost your post. I'm um, using oh, my okay. points. I'm going to submit a proposal to you and be like, yo, um, how about we split it 50-50 or maybe I get 90% and you get 10%. Then I can shoot a proposal to you and you can say yes, no, or counter-propose and kind of like find this equilibrium because there's value from all the way from zero to 100%. Um, okay. So I think that's going to be really cool to help empower new users to really get a lot more exposure. If someone makes a good post but they don't have followers, that's the big problem on Steemit. You know, how do you get that exposure? Well, somebody sees the post like this is quality. It should be seen. I'll boost it. And then, you know, split the profits or whatever. I think that's going to go really well. Um, yeah, that sounds kind of like a uh, an upgrade to what Mines has. Uh, Mines has an offer program, but you can only just make one original offer and there's no, like, counterproposal and, like, you can't okay. earn off of theirs. It's really just, like, let me pay you a certain amount and you can, like, repost my post. Uh, that's kind of how it is. It's very basic. But it, it didn't really get adopted much because, you know, you couldn't, give a like an example of what you wanted different or counter proposal or anything like that right. it was just accept or decline and like that's it so yeah it sounds like you kind of like i don't you probably didn't even know about that but it sounds like in 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 theory you took that and you like brought it to the next like level so to speak right yeah that's the first i've heard of it surprisingly i thought i was staying up to date with mines they're building at a breakneck speed too. no i, I mean it just no one uses it that's why I mean, okay. offers has been around from the very beginning but just oh, no really? one uses it like like oh, no okay. one uses it right like i i tried doing it a lot originally but just it, it didn't really take like no one uses offers everyone uses the boost but no one uses the offers uh, side of things because so, for example, just so I get clarity, because I don't fully understand. So if I want to send an offer to you, what's in it for me? If I want to boost your content? Uh, yeah, it, it's not necessarily boosting someone else's content. It's like oh, okay. you would pay me five mines tokens to repost your post on my wall. Oh, um, it, I see. Yeah, it's a little different. Um, but it's also right. one thing that's concerning about it is it's also permanent. And um, you could like change the post because afterwards, oh, that's like terrible. Yeah, like because because you can still edit your post, but it would permanently yeah. still be reposted on their side because you paid them, right? So they're trying to make it so like you can't screw someone over after they paid you, uh, but then they could edit it and switch it to just like terrible, awful oh, things. So I, I could think of a thousand and one hilarious ways that could be exploited. Yeah, literally the very first video, like after like I, I had some videos back in the day on YouTube, but my current yeah. like episode number one is be careful of mine's boost uh, for offers. Right. So like that's yeah. literally the first video that I had of them <laughs> on there. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um. So the second thing that we, uh, I'm excited about that we're going to be rolling out with is uh, to, uh, owning a community. This is really cool. Mm -hmm. Narrative did was the one that kind of put us this like rest in peace narrative. I think they totally yeah. scammed everyone and fuck them for yeah. that. But yeah. um, it, was, it was a cool concept. And so the concept is you can buy a community and then own, earn passive income off every upvote that occurs in that community. And I just think that is such a phenomenal idea and brings ownership back to the people. So like just how finding more ways that people can monetize and gamify the platform. So I'm really excited for that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I saw you guys talking about that. And 
I uh, I think that's really cool too. I think you guys will probably do a much better uh, job of it than narrative because, I mean, they were just kind of sketchy in the beginning for like a many many different reasons. Like I, yeah. I, you probably saw my thing or or maybe read into it yourself, but you know, like they they raised so much money and they only ever gave out like fifteen hundred dollars and then somehow I know. went bankrupt and and they also sold like over a thousand niches and they had people paying fifteen dollars to certify. So it's like. With all this money coming in, like, what were they doing with it? You know, and it's just it, it blows my. They they had an investment round open on like a crowdfunding site, and they had already like secured three million dollars or something, and that was yeah. literally weeks before they closed up shop. It's absurd, yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, we we. It's, it's just the nature of the game, I guess. Hey, it's unfortunate that there's always bad actors in the space, but it is what it is. Um, and then, so yeah, the, the last one, this is the exclusive exclusive sneak peek for anyone who's listening in on this, is we okay. are going to be expanding into new communities now outside of cryptocurrency. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have been waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be good. We're going to start, we're going to do a community poll. We've kind of like shortlisted 10 different topics that we feel would be relevant next moves. And we'll put a poll to the Uptrend community see what the top three are and then we're going to roll out with just three to just you know get our sea legs and okay what does this feel like how does the system interact once there's more more in there um and then from there we'll expand out to all communities so the, the time is okay. ripe it's been a year we've got fifty thousand users now and we just feel it, it, it's time to expand so uh, we're really excited about it but i'm really excited about it too I've, it's just it's gonna be a good time yeah no that's really awesome because i've been like I, I occasionally do stuff on like censorship and different things like that, yeah. and I and I haven't been sharing it on Uptrend, but I'm right. sure that community would really like to see the different things going on in that space. So yeah, I'm really really excited to see that. I think that's going to be awesome, and maybe I'll put that in the title even or something of this because like yeah, that's Sweet. really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So yeah, no, that's going to be really really awesome. I'm really excited about that. Mm. Um. So is there uh, is there is there anything else you want to talk about on Uptrend? Like I I think I saw that you guys said you might introduce staking as well. Is that is that something that might be in the works, or is that just being talked about, or, or what's uh, what's the situation with that? Definitely, yeah, yeah. So we will be introducing staking very likely within the next month. Um, it's looking like we're oh, going to wow. be partnering up with uh, Ferrum. So we'll okay. have different different staking amounts. Obviously, the longer you lock in your tokens, the higher percent interest you can earn. Um, so, but we're also looking at a different model where it's a proportional staking. So the, if, for example, cause like you could have fixed rate, if you stake this much for this long, you are in this percent. But another model that we've been looking at, that's actually really interesting is if there's only this many, like a small amount of tokens, you are in a ridiculously high amount of interest. But then as the token amount gets smaller, you are in less and less interest. So it's kind of like a free market staking economy, which I found, mm -hmm. which I, I find quite interesting. So. We're still playing with the pros and cons between both, but everything is set up okay. uh, to launch out with staking. Yeah, no, that's really really cool. Yeah, I think um, it'll be really familiar for users coming from like Steam and other places where they they know about staking. So yeah, no, I think that's gonna be really really interesting, and it's cool that you guys kind of have the like locked in like level system, and then you also have staking. So there's like multiple ways for people yeah. to use their use their points and it really seems like you guys have the best or uh, like the best utility with your with your points like in terms of boosting and being able to like level up and earn more or soon to be able to stake so like there's a lot of like utility and different things that they can actually use the points for so i think that's really key 
Definitely. Yeah, no, that's, that's something we like really enjoy doing is you should see our, our backend, like internal documents of like ideas and creativity, like the amount of, if we could just like snap our fingers, there'd be like a thousand and one different things you could use the one up for. We have so many amazing ideas in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, that's, we really enjoy like that gamified aspect, like bringing utility, a full girthy ecosystem. Um, and then just off the top of my mind, one thing I do want to mention that I am also looking forward to coming soon is something we're going to call blips which is similar to like a, a Twitter tweet. So if it's less than 280 characters, then you don't have to click to see the post. It'll just be scrollable on your screen. Okay. So I'm, I'm really looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I feel the one experience that I'm missing with Uptrend personally is like, it's for me, I find it a little bit arduous to like click back, click. It's too much clicking. Like when I, I love just like scrolling through Twitter. Um, so we want to introduce that same feeling onto Uptrend as well. So it'll be like a mix between, you know, those article styles and videos, but also the the blips as well, where people can just like scroll, enjoy, digest content easily that way. Yeah, so it'll feel a little bit more kind of like Minds, where you've got like the long format and then you've got like the quick little text posts. Yeah, no, I think that'll be yeah. good so that you can actually have that kind of those like quick little updates and like little back and forth things. Cause I never, I never used uptrend to just, you know, make a quick little post. Like, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm going for the holiday and I'll be back in seven days. Just so you guys know, right. or something. any kind of like updates or anything that might be relevant for followers. I think that'll be really, really useful. Um, so you also wanted to talk about decentralized systems and then how they relate to data storage, freedom of speech, and data immutability. Do you want to just kind of uh, get started with that? Sure, yeah. I, I, I always think, I'm like, man, imagine if someone just didn't know what any of those words were. That would just be like a total jumble. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess I think break that down first. Totally. I think, yeah, so in YouTube, you know, recently, who, anyone who's not familiar, I think it was pretty big news, especially on the old crypto Twitter, um, uh, that YouTube took down a ton of influencers or just even creators' content. If you created crypto content, they took it down. Um, and so it really showed the issue with, censorship on these centralized platforms. That was kind of like the big uh, ethos everyone was saying. It's like, we got to get off centralized platforms. we got to move to decentralized platforms who aren't going to censor us. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just find it's, it's like this like strange half-truth, I find, though, because if you look at something like, let's take library, which is you know, the most common one that everyone was talking about at that time. And everyone's like, OK, let's switch to library. Let's post all of our content there. Um, well, first of all, on a legal standpoint, YouTube and library can only post the same thing. So library can't post, you can't post, you know, like, you know, pornography or like really, I won't say the list, like really obscene illegal things on library and you can't post it on YouTube. It's because there's a company behind both of them. So we have library has to take that content down. Um, uh, where am I going with this? Sorry. Let me backtrack my thought. Um, and on shit, I totally lost my train of thought here. That's hilarious. Well, um, I mean, it, before before we get back into it, do you want to just kind yeah. of break down data storage, freedom of speech, and then data mutability, just in case there is some people who who weren't totally uh, aware of, of of those terms? Right. Okay. Yeah. So data storage is like how it's being stored. So is it just stored on an Amazon web server? Where like most all websites are stored and held on AWS Amazon web server. Um, and so everyone's like, well, why don't you kind of put it like a torrent? So, you know, put it on like essentially like when you're torrenting a movie and then you can upload it from multiple people at multiple times, multiple people own it. So you're not relying on Amazon to host your data. Um, so it makes it a lot 
I guess you could say safer or more decentralized. There's not a single point of failure. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other topic was, or like I guess you could say censorship. And I think that's the big one that I was kind of pointing at here with between YouTube and uh, Library or Uptrend or any decentralized platform to kind of re-catch my train of thought is that, you know, YouTube never started out as someone who's like, you know, we're going to censor crypto content. It's like, they just, it just naturally happened. They just kind of like gravitated that way. It's like the, what's the phrase? Like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And it's just this. Yeah sometimes slippery slope and when you get pressure that's put on you from whether it's governing agencies or regulators or whatever it may be you start making these questionable decisions on okay what are we going to censor what aren't we going to censor are we going to take down crypto because you know it's maybe a security and now we're seen as promoting securities and youtube just makes a call based on that you know why they took it down who knows but i think kind of the ethos of it is well it, library and YouTube are inherently the same structure. I mean, un the underlying tech, you know, where it's stored is in a way irrelevant because what's being hosted by a company, it's like someone's head is on the chopping block. For example, everyone's like, oh, I wish we could just have this big freedom of speech platform where you could post anything and everything and there was no censorship. And it's like, well, unfortunately, there's only one way that that's possible. And that's if somebody anonymously launches it and then it's nobody builds on it from that point forward because if there's anything illegal on there somebody's head's going to be on the chopping block and that's you know what happened with silk road illegal content someone's heads on the chopping block um and so it's just like you need to comply with laws and regulations even if you're a decentralized platform and so i think that's that's kind of like the big ethos that i think is kind of the big misconception or just overgeneralization that people are putting out there is that okay if you're decentralized then it's total free reign it's like no you're still going to be just as susceptible to government pressures unless you've structured it as a decentralized autonomous organization and you have totally stepped away from it completely because you can't just say you know what hey we're going to do community governance but like i still own it like equity because if mm. the community messes up, it's all on the person who owns the platform. So it's mm -hmm. this big idea of like altruistic DAO. It's so beautiful. And I feel like, you know, we can slowly get there. But just the way that things are set up right now, I think, and I'd love to hear, you know, maybe in the comments, somebody rip me apart and tell me why I'm wrong, because that's fantastic, because then we can actually build these things. Um, but it's still very much on par with in terms of the censorship side of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, similar to what you mentioned with the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Alan Watts is by far my favorite philosopher. And one of the things that he said was, it's perfectly obvious that everything is going to hell. The only thing that we could do is not try to stop it. And, and, mm. and, and trying to stop it is what like, that's the only thing that is really causing it is trying to stop it because it's, it's the natural way of things is to decay over time. And trying right. to get in the way is is what's actually speeding up the process, and it's right. like, and it's so hard for people to like let that go. But mm. that's uh, that's like a fundamental part of it. And I thought that was really like a, an interesting revelation when I heard him say that. But um, but yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Like some people have unrealistic expectations. Like when everyone jumped on Gab for wanting to like remove por pornography from their platform. I thought that was like unwarranted. I mean, their reasoning wasn't the greatest because they went on a like for a religious take. They should have yeah. just said like, we don't want pornography on the platform because that's yeah. not speech, but they, they kind of took a weird like angle at it. But I still think 
it's not like against free speech to say there's no porn on this platform because, you know, I wouldn't even say porn is foundational to free speech. Uh, it's just like certain libertarian types will argue like everything that's possible to be posted or shared is, yeah. is all free speech. So it's like, uh, that's kind of like reaching a little far. And it's like, if we're going to have functioning platforms, we have to have some like some grounding to like for it to be realistic. Yeah. I think that's such a, a phenomenal point is everything is so subjective on what is free speech. And so if I think the moment that one person says, Hey, that's not free speech. You can't be like, Oh yeah. Like freedom of speech. Like you can, you can like try to empower that movement, which is like what uptrend is about. But like you say, you know, one person could be like, Hey, you're not showing pornography. Like that's not freedom of speech. And now like the counter argument, now it's just a subjective bias. And so that's where things get sticky. It's like, if you can't, and then someone might say, well, me selling drugs, that's freedom of speech. Like yeah, because yeah, then you, know? you go far the other way too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because people will say, it's like, well, when you make an exception, then there'll be an infinite amount of exceptions. And it's like, but yeah. you could say the same thing the other way. If we say, okay, fine, porn is allowed. Yes. And it's like, okay, fine, selling drugs is allowed. Okay, fine. It's like, it can go both ways. So there has to be a happy medium and you can't like, go crazy about like you know really small things and like obviously if they started to say like okay well hate speech and this and this it's like then it's like okay yeah like that's yeah. a little more like concerning when you start going down the rabbit hole but you know when we're talking about strictly speech i think you know pornography is definitely safe to cast aside from that and yeah. people just need to have some grounding in reality for what's like realistic and what's what what's going to be allowed on a on a platform that you could use at work or that like yes. kids or like you know like younger people could use or whatever it still has to be realistic and obviously law abiding for sure. And, you know, I think filters are so important. You know, on Reddit, they have the NSFW filter. So it's like if you don't want to see that content or you almost have to opt in to see that content, mm -hmm. which I think is really valuable because then you have that, you could say, freedom of speech or, you know, that content can live on the platform. But, you know, it's not going to be subjected to kids. Maybe you have like an age opt in. Maybe it's protected. I mean, it would be terrible if it was protected by KYC. That's so frictiony. But, you know, you know, you know, the ethos yeah. there. Um, like some kind of opt-in. So I think filters are really powerful. And then to kind of touch on the the censorship part again, I think what I've just been brainstorming in my own head and chatting with the team about is I think the, the best way to go about this, because when YouTube censored all these posts or like all this content, it just got taken down. And now all these content creators are just left sending emails to a spot that they have no idea if it's going to get received, reciprocated at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a major problem. I just had my Facebook deactivated for 50 days, actually. Um, wow. It got totally deleted. I sent over a dozen emails. Not a single email came back. I had to pay a guy to pay a guy who worked at Facebook to get my account back. So it's wow. like the systems, the systems aren't set up for this kind of scale. And so the, a solution that I see that works really well that helps empower this, uh, you know, the people is community arbitration. So if your post gets removed then you can kind of appeal that and you need to get something like a super majority of 80% of the community on board to be like, yes, like that's fine. Come back on. Otherwise, mm -hmm. then you can wait for the moderators. And I think, you know, something that happened or like with the YouTube content creators, they'd for sure get that super majority instantly. All their content mm -hmm. would be back. Their strikes would be removed. And I think that allows for a lot more fair and in a, in a way streamlined process and scalable too, really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like mine's kind of has a, 
a jury system that's similar to that where you can appeal and then you could even appeal and appeal and they just get a bunch of people who aren't following either of the people involved and it's it's a pretty good like I'm sure it could be improved but because it's still like early process but I think they're doing a really good job of trying to decentralize the moderation aspect and um and yeah like speaking to that like Facebook suspends my account all the time for like just the simplest things and then I I finally get my account back and they're like was this you? And it's like a picture of me <laughs> and my family for Christmas. And it's like, of course that was me. It's like, did you comment and say thanks for the Christmas wishes? Was that you? It's like, of course. Like, yeah. it's like the simplest stuff. It's like, I, I post on Facebook like a few times a year. And it's like, even that's concerning. Like, it's right. ridiculous. And and I was recently banned from Daily Motion as well. And I don't even know why. It was after I just uploaded an interview with uh, Unstoppable Domains. So, I have no idea there and I emailed them and they never responded. So yeah, it's uh it's ridiculous when like you just get kicked off the platform, you have no idea why, no communication, and and then it's like and that's it. It's like unless you're a yeah. really, really big creator, like you're not gonna get a response. And even then you might not get a response. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty crazy. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, they're, they're kind of like really tightening the grip. I've heard of tons of people getting, you know, their accounts, you know, banned, deactivated, deleted, whatever combination of those. And it's like, okay, so why are they doing this? It's because they're trying to, I guess you could say, streamline or increase the quality of the platform, you know, make sure that there's no scammers, spammers, all this kind of thing. But I just think, you know, what is their uh, success rate on that? I would imagine, you know, like at least 20% of the time, it's, it's someone who they sh probably shouldn't be banning. Um, and I just feel it's like that what they're doing is so counterproductive if they're trying to increase the quality of their platform because now all people are migrating away from Facebook. I think the stat was like in 29, no, 2018, 44% of people deleted the Facebook app from their phone. Uh, wow. it, was in, uh, it was like ages, males ages 18 to 34, 40 some percent. It was, it was nuts. So mm -hmm. it's, it's so mind-boggling to see how they're just, you know, treating... Well, maybe not mind-boggling, so obviously they, they know what they're doing in a way, um, but it's interesting to see how they really feel like tightening the noose is, you know, beneficial for their profitability, and their profitability ties directly into how many people are using the platform. It's such a, yeah, it's really ironic, I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's good that uh, Libra did not launch uh, this year, so, mm. yeah, and, and hopefully it does not ever launch, um, and and speaking of YouTube, like I, I, I honestly expected them to be like after all the crypto craze to be like, yeah, so we're launching a YouTube coin and like, you know, and then come out <laughs> right. with like a, their yeah. own crypto. And it's like we just want to get everyone off talking about all the other coins first and just have people talking about YouTube coin. I wouldn't have been surprised if that was the case. And for all I know, that that may still be the case. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Facebook, it's good that they didn't launch Libra and too many, too many really centralized people starting to dip their toes into uh, into uh, into crypto now, and it's it's just concerning if they might be able to like get a a real hold, like like Tron getting D Live. I really hope that they make it better rather than just like capitalize right. on what they're already doing. Yeah, I was I always find the the Libra conversation so interesting. You know, a lot of people strongly against it, and a lot of people are myself included in a way you might you might hate me for saying this but like kind of for it because um you know for just for example over half the world's population are unbanked or underbanked and if but a lot of them have facebook on their phone so if they can interact for free 
and quickly and for, you know what I mean, like fast, cheap payments that they don't have to spend 10% Western Union, whether you're like Filipino working in North America or some refugee in Europe trying to send money back to their family. Um, I feel like it's a really good benefit to give people, the, you know, the, uh, that, that benefit. And then for us, you know, who live in first world, it's like, you know, that's not for us, it's centralized. So we can opt into other systems that are more decentralized, fit with our ethos, like Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, whatever we want to buy into. So I find that an interesting conversation because, you know, even though a lot of these platforms are centralized, like, you know, a lot of people hate on EOS because there's only 21 BPs. And it's like, well, but yeah, but like they do a lot of transactions per second. So what's your preference? And I, I feel that's such a subjective thing. It's like if you prefer fast, go to EOS. If you prefer decentralized, go to Ethereum. And that's an overgeneralization, but... I think it's, that's the beauty of crypto, I find, is that it gives people options to kind of be like, hey, I like this, I'm going to opt in here. I understand how this could give value to somebody else. Yeah, no, that's fair. Mind you, though, EOS has had struggles with their CPU usage for way too long. I have not been able yes. to make a transaction in three months. And, really? Uh, apparently, they made an upgrade like four days ago, but yeah. today I wanted to test that, and my $20 stake is still only half of what is required to make a single transaction. So I just don't think it's oh realistic for someone to be like, yeah, I'm going to join the platform. I have to put in like $50 and I can make two transactions no. a day. It's like, uh, I don't see that happening. And I can't even unstake and sell my EOS because I wouldn't be able to make the transaction. So like right. now I just have, now I just have $20 just like gone until that ever gets fixed. So that's pretty concerning to me, and I don't know how Voice is going to fare with that when that gets launched in February, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, my my take on Libra is I do think that would be good for like the unbanked, but I also feel like that was probably their like altruistic argument mm -hmm. to try to like make the because I mean, realistically, what it also means is we want to be able to advertise to thirty percent of the world that isn't getting our ads, <laughs> That's um, right. and it's like. Right. And and they say it was decentralized because it's split between a hundred companies, but it's the hundred like most powerful companies in the world. So <laughs> yeah. how decentralized is that really? It's like and obviously yeah. they act in the best interest of Facebook so that they can make money. Yeah. Um I do think it would have been interesting, but also very concerning. Because then yes. eventually since everyone is using it, they could be like, Okay, well now you know, you can't use this and you can't use this and you can't use this, and it's like, okay, yeah. like it's like, what if, what if everyone only accepts Libra coin eventually, and then you can't use eBay anymore because like you're kicked off of Facebook or whatever it might be. Like it could, uh, it could get really, really bad in terms of centralization. But I do think it would be good for people who, who need that access. But I feel like there could be a better solution given to those people who, uh, who, yeah. who don't have that access. 100%. That's exactly it. With these centralized entities, it's always so scary. And I think to China and their social credit score and their bank accounts, or like, I, I forget what, like, it was, whether it's WePay or whatever, but if you jaywalk in China and you get caught on the facial recognition system, boom, they drain your bank account instantly yeah. without your permission. I'm like, wow. And so that's the scary part to me about, or like the empowering thing, maybe on the other side, about, okay, currencies that aren't like that or aren't like Libra. It's like, okay, this is Bitcoin. I hold my keys. You guys can all fuck off. Like, there's no way you can touch yeah. this. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because it's just so concerning. Like, what if, like, your kid starts to run across the road and then you chase after them and grab them and then it doesn't take in the context and it's like... That's right. Yep, you, you're not, all of your money is gone. It's like, 
I was just trying to like save my child or even someone else's kid. Like you just go to save someone else and and then you get your bank account drained for doing something that was good. It's like what right. kind of social credit doesn't even account for good acts. Um, yeah. And I don't know exactly how that would work, but I, I'm sure that's probably it's I doubt it, it'll take in the context of the situation. So everyone's just, you know, looking over their shoulder as they kind of do their stuff. Yeah, I don't think China has a decentralized arbitration community-based system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's probably all algorithmic. So, yeah, yeah. Um. So, in terms of like, uh, data immutability, do you want to touch on that a little bit? I don't know if we covered that uh, thoroughly. Right. Yeah. No. That's that's a. You're right. We didn't touch on that really. So the data immutability. So like, first of all, like immutability just means like it can't be deleted. Um, so you know, if you're hosted on YouTube, obviously the data was not immutable. They took it off um, because they're like, hey, this doesn't follow in line with our principles or guidelines. Down it goes. Um, and I think it was like, we need a platform with data immutability. I'm like, yes, we do. Hundred percent. But again, what does that look like? Because it ties in directly with censorship. Um, because you go to library and you upload a post, well, they can also take that down off their front end. And then how do you re-download that off the blockchain? Because I guarantee you they're not storing terabytes upon terabytes of files on a blockchain. That's not how it works. It's like a hash to a file and then, but who's, okay, so you have this hash to re-download the file. But if the person holding, let's say that hash correlates to 100 different pieces of data held by 100 people, the only reason those 100 people are holding that data, or it should be, is because they're getting paid to seed, or sorry, yeah, seed the content to the platform. Um, so first of all, that's a big problem with a lot of IPFS systems is that uh, they're not paying people to seed. So most platforms like DLive, or I think DLive just have like a couple servers. They're almost just as centralized as Amazon Web Servers. Amazon Web mm -hmm. Services. Um, so that's an issue in itself and a big misconception. But the thing is, is once library or any decentralized platform removes it off the front end, there is now no longer an incentive for people to continue to host that data so they drop it off their hard drive because like space is valuable and limited. So why would they host it? So I think the thing is, is like the moment somebody, like the moment library takes something off their front end, just like YouTube could, well, now your decentralized server or like the underlying torrent is likely going to disappear really fast too. So, you know, maybe you have a window of like 14 days before the guys who are storing it realize they're not making any money off it. Um, but I think, yeah, like full immutability, like people are like, oh, it's on the blockchain. It's always going to be there. It's like, no, nah, man, the hash is there, but you're not going to be able to pick up the file itself. Mm. Yeah, no, that's I, that's really important to consider. Yeah. I think um, like it's like, yeah, it's like the hash is there or like the text is there, but it's like, is the files going to be there? Uh, not, not, not as, uh, not as likely. So yeah, that's yeah. definitely something that people need to uh, be aware of when, you know, cause, cause a lot of platforms are throwing around like blockchain and decentralized as like these, these, these great terms. And it's kind of more like a hype thing. Like, like with D live, for example, I would say, people going in there thinking it's like a blockchain live streaming platform are very misled um, in terms of what it actually is. But I mean, again, it, it might, if that might all change in five days, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. And I mean, like I'll be the first to admit that uptrend is a big culprit in a lot of these things too, where it's like hey, data immutability and freedom of speech type thing. It's like, 
Well, these are the directions that we're trying to head more and more and more over time. And these are foundational pillars. And it's like for as long as the project exists, this is the direction we're heading. And so like if any decisions come in like, hey, we should do this. It's like, OK, well, does that line up with the direction that we want to go? And it's like it's our true north, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for anyone who's listening, like, you know, we didn't get a bunch of funding. So we just like started really grassroots and we're just slowly building to into that direction. Um, so yeah, I think people just got to keep their eyes on these platforms and how they're, you know, what actions they're taking. And I find, you know, the, the, uh, microcosmic actions are really indicative of the macro picture on, on what's to come and how they really value you. And, you know, getting all these crypto contenters, content creators getting deplatformed or Facebook banning and all these things, it's like, this is just indicative of, you know, what they stand for. So you got to look at other alternative platforms and be like, okay, well, you know, what, what has like Gab been doing? What's Mine's been doing? What's Uptrend been doing? Publish OX. Like what's their ethos and their values? And is that scalable into the future? So there's certainly no uh, silver bullet or golden bullet, whatever the phrase is. But uh, I think, you know, you do it the best to just distribute your content across multiple platforms and it doesn't take much more time. And at the end of the day or at the end of the year or at the end of the decade, it's going to be, you're going to be so much better off uh, doing that because you're going to be a first mover on these platforms that really have been able to come up with, with like you as, as a leader there. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I feel like I kind of caught wind of all these things that were going to happen like years ago when I started getting into the decentralized and blockchain platforms. And, you know, I, I kept telling people, it's like, look, this is the way that things are progressing, that censorship is becoming more and more rampant. And it's it seems like it's just going to get worse and worse. And if you don't get ahead of the curve, you're just going to have to deal with when you get pushed off and then trying to play catch up. So, you know, I take all the precautions I could possibly do. Every video I upload, I save the description, I save the title, I save the video and a backup drive, like any possible backup measures I could take I do because I can't just rely on you know some entity to 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 take all, care of all of that for me people need to take a little more personal responsibility in backing up their stuff and being able to rely on themselves before they rely on any entity because again at the end of the day like you said a lot of them are subject to Amazon servers and you know there's there's tons of backdoors and potential issues that could pop up so the best thing that people can do is decentralize be on as many platforms as possible and um, I, I think I think that about covers most of what we were going to talk about today and I guess really people should be getting on uptrend to uh, to get themselves set up because you guys are doing a lot of great work yeah, thanks. So. Yeah, I definitely suggest it. Yeah, like d distribution of your content across multiple platforms. I'm not saying uptrend's the silver bullet, but it's certainly something interesting that I think would be valuable for people. One of the bullets in the chamber, at least. That's right. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and doing this. I really appreciate it, especially that uh, little nugget about being able to uh, create new communities outside of crypto. I think that's going to be yeah. huge. And I'm sure people are going to be really excited to hear about that. So uh, I'm definitely going to be posting this very soon. So I, I really appreciate it again for you to come on and, uh, and share and, um, and hopefully we'll talk again soon with some awesome updates about, uh, uptrend, maybe hitting a hundred thousand. Yeah, hopefully really appreciate you uh, letting me come on and taking the time, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Cheers.